the satisfaction that you get and once things grow, it's pretty rewarding. And, and I think that's something else that I've come back to a lot lately is really enjoying the process, just taking each day just to be happy and in the moment and have fun. And it's the little things overall that do bring the most happiness to me of, of a thing getting changed or a thing getting improved or an email of how it's helped someone's game. I mean, all that stuff is is the success that I continue to look at more and more. It's not the acquisition and things like that down the road. You know, those, those are all great and those are cool. That's what we're all striving for. But at the end of the day, when you look back and you connect the dots, it's just the little moments that led you there. It's the breakthroughs that you had. It's the hard things that you got over that make the entire process worth it. Welcome to the Mod Golf Podcast, where we speak with the influencers, disruptors, entrepreneurs, and innovators who are shaping the future of golf. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. If you're new to the Mod Golf Podcast, thanks very much for joining us. And please subscribe to the show so you hear about upcoming episodes and you can enter our latest golf product giveaway. Before I get started, I want to thank one of our supporting partners, Golf Genius Software, for helping us bring you this episode. Golf Genius Software powers tournament management at thousands of private clubs, public courses, resorts, and golf associations all over the world. So if you're a golf course operator and you want to do less work, have more fun, and generate more revenue, check them out online at golfgenius.com. I'm your host, Colin Weston, and today my guest is Nick Steiner, the founder of Back to Basics Golf. Nick is an entrepreneur, a problem solver, strategy driver, and a process improver. He'll tell us all about what that is later with all the work he's done. And he's also a collaborator and relationship builder. And I've had a previous conversation with him, and I can definitely tell you that is 100% true. So he has done many, many things in the entrepreneurship space, and now he's doing one in golf. And that's what we're going to focus on today. But I do want to hear that backstory. But uh, to get things started, Nick, my first guest from Australia. So Nick, welcome to the Mod Golf Podcast. Yeah, thank you, Colin. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, How are you doing today? Doing very well, thanks. Nick, I got to say, I, I love my American friends, but when we hooked up on a, a Zoom call a couple of weeks ago, it was an introduction, and I figured, okay, it's going to be my first Aussie guest, and then I hear an American accent. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? So let's start with that. Can you quickly distill down the last couple of years of your life of what took you to the Gold Coast in Australia, how you ended up there from San Diego? Yeah, it's been a bit of a wild ride over the past four years or so. I ended up moving here for a business opportunity. Previously owned a uh, pro scooter store and skate park back in San Diego that had done really well throughout the United States and internationally, which brought me over here to an event that was hosted for some team riders that I had that got sponsored to join the event. Through that, I collaborated with and was ended up talking to the primary owner of a business called Scooter Hut here and was invited to come here and team up with him to do some of the things I had done, you know, branding wise and, and growth wise in the U.S. to help things out here and sold my business in the United States to my partners back there and moved over here for a new venture. And yeah, I haven't looked back. It's been absolutely amazing. And, and what an incredible country, uh, not even to mention how good the golf is here. Yeah, so it sounds like you came for the scooters and you stayed for the golf. If I, uh, yeah, kind of yeah. That, that yeah, that's, there. that's true. There you go. Let's focus on golf. So you are the founder at Back to Basics Golf. So why don't you first tell us what is the why and what do you do and the purpose with Back to Basics Golf? Yeah, the big reason for Back to Basics Golf and the why for that is just the name in itself, a tool and a program and a business that really wants to uh, focus on getting people just back to the, the simple things of golf. You see all these YouTube videos and these different things that are out there and, and so much information, but what are really the simple things and techniques that we can use to better our game, whether it's mentally, physically, or any aspect that you may be looking at? And the brand really started with a simple putting mirror. 
It's a product that had been around for quite some time and was fortunate enough to see my uh, golf coach, Richard Woodhouse, and his best friend, Grant Field, which is Cameron Smith's golf coach. We all know Cameron from uh, coming second recently in the Masters. We were all yeah. pulling for him down here, and he made us incredibly proud. We'll definitely say that. Yeah, so Richard and Grant came together and looked at the putting mirror and just said, hey, you know, what are some ways that we can improve upon this? It had some aspects that we all know that we need is getting that shoulder alignment right, getting the eye alignment right, but it wasn't showing the path. And the path is the big thing. It's whatever it is, right? Whether it's our path in life or our path in golf. And it came down to the path of the putter. (laughs) And what that worked with is not having that full forwards to backwards motion that we all think that the putter really needs to look like, but it's kind of like the golf swing, right? It does come a little bit of on an arc from inside to getting that face square and that's what they were able to come up with was a design that had that arc on it had the eye line and the shoulder line and being just a really simple basic tool was how we came up with the brand name and the brand got started gotcha so nick with the pro path putting mirror who are using this are you finding that scratch or low handicap golfers or people that are new to the game or is it more women or men are you finding that it's quite diverse in the people that are finding your product and uh are finding success with it? Great question. I think that really leads into what we're trying to figure out as the brand as a whole. It doesn't have one specific avatar or demographic. We are seeing kids as young as 8, 9, 10 years old, all the way up to the professional level golfer like Cam himself that are using this. But the big difference it's really making an impact on is those high handicappers. We know that there's no more important thing in golf and there's no more shots taken than on the putting surface, right? So if you're able to eliminate four, five, even two or three strokes, per round. I mean, that can be a major difference for some people, especially those just trying to break 90 or just trying to break 80. It's something that's going to get you in the right position to have confidence when you're standing over your putts that you're really going to hold a lot more. That's the feedback that we've been getting overall from those that are using it is, wow, I can't believe I'm two to three putts lower per round for some of the lower handicappers. I'm four to five putts per round less for some of the high handicappers. And it's getting in the position to have that first initial putt being squared, getting it near the hole, and then having that confidence when you're you're near the hole for the three to four five footers that you're holding a lot more of the time yeah and you have been generous enough to send me a pro path putty mirror which i will be testing in a couple of weeks time and we'll be creating one of our youtube product review videos with that and we're going to then i believe we've talked about this that we're going to have a fun social media driven contest giveaway um, a mod golf giveaway that we're going to be giving away a pro path putty mirror to one of our mod golfers so looking forward to that so i haven't had a chance to use it i probably should have pulled it out of the box before last Last week because I played very well, broke 80 for the first time ever, shot 79, but I missed three putts inside of three feet. So uh, if I would have used your putting mirror, I probably would have shot 76, maybe. Let's say I would have, maybe. Maybe. You know, it's going to set you up for more consistency in the future. I'm I'm a lot like yourself. I'm a 9, 10, kind of where I've been floating around my handicap, breaking 80 every couple of rounds. But with this tool, it's definitely helped to get me that consistency to get below there. That's for sure. Nice. Well, I've been keeping it in the box, showing some restraints on the video. I did want to have an opening reveal of that but i may have to break that because i think nick i may need to get this out here on a rainy vancouver day and inside just put some balls and hopefully when i play next saturday i'll make some of those three footers that i was missing there because yeah i can certainly use some help myself as a mid handicapper so tell me about the technology behind this a little bit here because as you can imagine nick i have inbound almost on a daily basis of people with products wanting to either sponsor me on the podcast or have me review them or even come on as a guest and a lot of them are gimmicky and as an entrepreneur which you 
you are a seasoned entrepreneur, the last thing you want to do is find a solution looking for a problem and something that's gimmicky. So what is it behind the ProPath putty mirror that makes the technology and makes this work? So can you tell us a little bit about that as far as the science behind it? Yeah, and I think that's from what we found through some of those other tools and things that might be gimmicky out there was we really just took a product that's been around for quite some time and just made it better. I mean, that's something that I'm always looking at. If any entrepreneurial thing in my life is just, hey, this is great, but what can I do to make it better? And that was some of the initial things that I looked at with the ProPath. So we know that the putting stroke needs to be shown within the mirror, which hadn't been done for anyone else before. So that was a major innovation there. Not only that, I also looked at it. And when Grant and Richard originally came up with the first design, they had two mirrors. They had a left-handed one and a right-handed one. Well, why don't we just make the thing two-sided and inverted? So if you flip it on either side, you can use it for a left or right-handed person. So that's something that hadn't been done before. Not only that, when I looked at a lot of the other products that were out there, they came with these mesh bags or bags that weren't really conducive to what you're trying to do with the mirror. And that was when I looked at like, all right, cool. Well, why don't I just take something that's like a sunglass case? So when I need to wipe down my mirror, I need to clean it up. Then my portable bag can be used for cleaning it up as well too. And then even going a step further, all right, now something else I need to look at. I'm out on the green. I'm practicing. I'm adjusting the holes in the mirror for my stroke length. I'm adjusting the holes and the widths once you take a look at a pro path mirror for what the path and stroke looks like. But what does that begin to look like when I'm trying to read a green after that or check out what the path is going to be after the ball leaves the putter? And that's when we included the gates. So the gates we found for outdoor usage, there's four different size gates that you can use in there that can challenge yourself against trying to hit to certain areas and things like that as well. So immediately from practicing your putts, it's now into reading and seeing what's going to happen with the ball after you are getting that squared up. And the reason we ended up going back to the technology of the arc a little bit, when you talk to some of the PGA professionals out there, you'll find a 12 degree or an 18 degree or 15 degree is kind of what they like to see when they're putting people on the real scientific things and getting the computers to read out stuff that 15 degrees was the in-between. It really was the optimal point that PGA professionals, Richard and Grant, felt that was needed for this type of product and to get people moving in the right direction. Nice, nice. So there's a couple of entrepreneurial nuggets of wisdom you just provided there. And I just need to reinforce this. So all entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs out there listening, the first one I wanted to mention is what Nick has done here with the ProPath putting mirror is he didn't just take a blank piece of paper and try to create something from scratch. He's seen other products and pulled different pieces or different ideas from even different industries and bringing those in and falling back. I'm sure Nick on your experience and what you've done in the in the scooter industry and in your other entrepreneurial endeavors, pulling all those things in that, that knowledge those insights and you improved you made something better and that is innovation and that is entrepreneurship so people come to me all the time and they think that they've got to create something from scratch that's never been thought of before and nothing could be farther from the truth and you just nailed that one with what you've done here with the pro path putting mirror yeah, very much so. And that's something that I always look at no matter what it is. It's just how can I constantly improve in my daily life? How can I constantly improve in how I work with my people throughout the business? And how can I constantly improve in the products that we're creating? And that's what's going to build your businesses over the long game. Nice. And yeah, you just reinforced the second entrepreneurial nugget of wisdom there. And that is always iterating, always constantly improving. Don't think your product 
has to be perfect at the beginning because there is no thing as such thing as as perfect. You did that with the ProPath putting mirror and the insights you had by testing and listening and the feedback you had and realizing, oh, the gates make a lot of sense. And we will include some images, of course, in the show notes of the ProPath putting mirror so people can see it. And we'll we'll, uh, have some links to some videos also so they can see it in action. That's what you need to do as an entrepreneur. Get it out there in the market. And once you actually get some validation, a product that customers want, people are willing to buy, what a thing generating revenue and having customers, huh, Nick? That's something that a lot of entrepreneurs don't look at. They watch too many episodes of Shark Tank, right? They think it's all about getting a million dollars in funding from an investor rather than why don't you go sell something and see if people will pay for it. And you've obviously done that with your products here, right? Yeah, it's definitely a process too. It's not something that happens overnight. I mean, the initial concept of of coming up with the brand and building everything up and getting the guidelines done and photography and everything that you needed was probably about a six to eight month buildup to October of last year. We've just hit our one year anniversary and I still haven't even done half of the things that I want to do. But it's just that daily process of, all right, just tick a few boxes every day. And then two or three years time, this business will really be where I want it to be. So as an entrepreneur myself, it quite often is overwhelming with all of the opportunities you have and you need to hyper-focus on certain ones and have a strategy in place that you can roll out over time. So with that, what is the strategy overall for you in the market with your other products too? I see you have a ProVision rangefinder and you have some apparel. So what are you looking at right now? Are you focusing on the Australian market or also the US market or what is your marketing strategy for the moment as you're rolling out? <laughs> Um, That's actually a great question and something I've been speaking with a lot of strategists lately because a lot of times you'll start with your local market, then you'll go a little bit into your national one, and then you'll start to go international. And I've done things kind of by accident, you know, a little bit of completely backwards because the company is based out of the U.S. I am American. I do have a lot of ends with people in the U.S. to, to start to build things. But my coaches and Cam Smith and all of us are here in Australia, but I'm now working with influencers and getting distribution in the UK. So it's pretty wild. I'm trying to just wear a bunch of different hats at the same time. And if it was something I would done in a different way, I would have just focused on one market directly initially. But because I do have the other markets and areas that are already requesting things and the brand is growing so fast, I've just got to try and handle everything that I can and keep growing it in multiple markets, which isn't easy, especially when it comes down to time zones and conversations and meetings and and things that you need to have. But you just got to do what you got to do. But the long-term vision is for this to be an international company. It is something I would like to grow into the Asian market as well. That's just a huge golf community there too. And how fortunate are we just to have a, a worldly game, right? That it's just not focused on one country or one area. It's something that people can enjoy from all walks of life and all parts of the world. And I guess we're fortunate enough to to be able to expand in that. And that's something that I want to do in the future with the products that will continue to come out and, and building the community. Right, right. And golf is certainly that. It is a global game. It is universal in that in that sense there. And unlike almost any other sport, some may say soccer or football, they say in yeah. some parts of the world, but golf truly is a global game. Now, I wanted to ask you this. So you spent eight, nine years or so moving forward with pro scooters, with Scooter Farm and Scooter Hut, and you've been very successful building up a social media presence and being able to market quite effectively in that realm. So what have you taken away or can you provide perhaps some insights or a couple of tips here for people that are starting out as far as marketing on a budget or any hacks, if you want to call it that, of to best succeed on a limited budget to differentiate themselves from the competition and stand out from the crowd. 
And that's where it really comes down to a couple of different things, at least that I like to say my USP or my unique selling points and, and things that you like to do is is just getting in there and doing it is probably one of the biggest things first off. But having a vision of what your brand looks like and what it means to you and what your values are of that company. So whether it's the scooter businesses or the golf businesses, I make sure that I'm personally responding to every single direct message or email that we're getting. I make sure that customer service concerns are, are handled immediately. I'm always taking suggestions that customers have on product improvements or ideas or things that could be done differently or giving back to communities on the golf side, helping out with an event over here we call the Junior Sixes, which is kids that are coming up in the game right now and they're at that elite level from 8 to 14 years old and being someone that sponsors that because I know when I was a kid how much that meant to me to have companies and people that were involved in things that I wanted to do and, and show that they really cared about those sort of things. So not even sponsoring that, but going to those events and meeting those kids and shaking their hands. Something that I've done even on the scooter side as well is hosting those events and getting a chance to actually know people and, and putting yourself out there as a founder of a business. Don't hide behind a brand or a logo. Don't be afraid to share your voice and have conversations with people and tell your story and how it all started. I'm not a pro golfer. I'm not a PGA professional. I'm, I'm not somebody that's special, but I am somebody that knows how to ask a lot of questions and get involved and talk to people and, and not be afraid to get your hands dirty. Yeah, that's some great advice there also for entrepreneurs with your company, whether it's a product, a service, or an experience or a combination thereof. Yeah, get yourself out there. Create community around what you do. Offer to help other people. And by going to some of these events without you explicitly saying, how can I help you? You are helping them because you are connecting without asking for anything really in, in return. So you're building that social capital that's so important as the long-term game that entrepreneurship is. And, and a lot of people think, once again, getting back to the Shark Tank analogy, or they just see in the media that some tech company just got bought out or funded for $20 million, or whatever that is, and think that just happened overnight. Those are things that take years and years and years to develop. So you need to build up those partnerships. And it sounds like you learned that at a very early stage there. And what you've done in the pro scooter realm has really set you up nicely for what you're doing in golf. It's exciting. I think you're set up for success here, sir. No, thank you very much. And it's just like taking this call and being on here with you today, right? I don't know what conversation this might be leading to or what listener might out there might have an impact on the conversation that we're having that might reach out to them to help their business or might reach out to help work with my business. Like I would say, you're one moment from major success or major failure. So if something goes wrong, you got to be there to take care of it right away. But there could be a post or a share or something that goes right, then all of a sudden a VC is calling you and major investments coming and you, you just don't know. And that's why you, you just got to be on your game. Totally agree. You never know. You got to put yourself out there. I think it was Wayne Gretzky that said, uh, you never make the shot you never take, right? Totally. And yep. uh, that is so true. So you did touch on this a little bit, but I want to rewind the tape here a little bit to a couple of years ago when you were just even thinking about back to basics golf and what the company could be and what the first product should be. What was that aha moment or what validation did you have to say, rather than this is just a product, let's say with the putting mirror that I like, that you really got the traction or the validation that there was a market, the size of the market and what your price point can be. And there actually is a business here rather than this is just a cool thing that you decided to then expend the energy and go for it. Because you, like all entrepreneurs, it's an opportunity cost. If you're doing this, it's taking away from opportunity or doing something else. So when did you decide what you wanted to push for? Back to basics golf had validity in the market. That really came from 
the samples and the initial B0.1, whatever you want to call it, that uh, Grant and Richard had made and the cost they were having it made for the problems that they're having with it. And people were still buying it. And I was like, you know what, if people are buying this and I come in and I can put some touches on it and get it patented and do some different things that I think can really improve upon this product, I really think we got something here. And having the backing of PGA support and something that's been a passion of mine of golf and really just put myself out there and, and taking the risk. I wasn't sure, to be honest. You know, I was able to see some of the other numbers that some of the other brands were doing with their own mirrors and things like that that had been out in the markets. But these are companies that are eight, nine, ten years old, right? So to come into a very, very competitive market, which we know golf is, you had to have something different. You had to be ready to stand out. And that's something that I believe that I could deliver with. Being that I was American, it is an Australian company. Lots of Americans do like Australia, and, and it's a place that's always like, oh, that's cool, it's golf, Greg Norman, all that kind of stuff. And it is. It's it's a magical, magical place, that's for sure, and, and wish everyone could see it. But there's a, a little piece of it I can bring back home and share with back there. That's something I always thought would be cool. When things are made or come from certain places, it just has a little bit more of appeal or a draw. And I really thought that that would work with the American market, being an Australian design product. Nice, nice. So talking about the design of the product and the design process, do you have some pictures of that very early stage of that first prototype or that what we like to call a minimum viable product that Eric Reese outlines in the book, The Lean Startup? So do you have those prototypes and minimal viable products? Do you have any images of those kicking around? Because if you do, I'd love to post a couple of those on the show notes here. Our listeners love to see that, not just the finished product, but to understand the, the messiness <laughs> and the non-linear journey that bringing a product to market actually entails. So do you have it, any documented there that you can provide us? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, some, some older photographs of the first version. I even think there's some still floating around my coach's studio. Yeah, it was much thinner design than what we have now. Unfortunately, there were some breakages that were happening with those initial ones. The lines that were on it were like a real dull pink and just didn't even really stand out at all. Uh, it was pretty funny when you look back at it now to what it's coming to fruition today. It's pretty amazing that you see like, this one thing, great concept, great idea, but what can we do to make it better and throw some gas on it and really get it fired up? Nice. Well, especially a product that's a hardware product, a physical product. A lot of investors will say this, they'll stay away from hardware, want to go with software because hardware is hard. And you've been in the hardware market for some years now between scooters and now, of course, what you're doing in the golf space, that it is a challenge and it is risky. So with that, I wanted to ask you as an entrepreneur, how do you make decisions and how do your best of your ability, how do you mitigate risk with the decisions that you make? And have you had to say no to some opportunities, even though you really wanted to say yes to them? Yeah, and I think more so now I've had to say no to more opportunities because my focus is on so much of the things that it's on now. And I've recently heard Matthew McConaughey talk about how they have five or six businesses that they were running, but they were just a B and C at the five or six that they had, right? And you really need to be an A and maybe a B plus at the worst at two or three things that you're doing. So there's been a lot of opportunities as of late that I've turned down or I've been like, you know what, I just can't give that the full energy and attention. And if you're not giving the things the full energy and attention, that's when things start to fall apart and don't get really taken care of as they need to. Coming down to working with your factories and suppliers, the agreements that you have, following out through process of productions and materials that are getting used and staying on top of that throughout each process and every time a production run is done. And it's just something that really requires a lot of attention because it is hard. It's not easy. If it's easy, everyone would do it, right? 
But the satisfaction that you get and once things grow, it's pretty rewarding. And, and I think that's something else that I've come back to a lot lately is really enjoying the process, just taking each day just to be happy and in the moment and have fun. And it's the little things overall that do bring the most happiness to me of, of a thing getting changed or a thing getting improved or an email of how it's helped someone's game. I mean, all that stuff is is the success that I continue to look at more and more. It's not the acquisition and things like that down the road. You know, those those are all great and those are cool. And that's what we're all striving for. But at the end of the day, when you look back and you connect the dots, it's just the little moments that led you there. It's the breakthroughs that you had. It's the hard things that you got over that make the entire process worth it. Oh, you make some great points there. And and for entrepreneurs, you, you need to remember that it is a long-term commitment that you've made here. And you're going to have ups and you're going to have a lot of downs. Just be patient with yourself and be kind to yourself. Entrepreneurship is not easy, as you touched on. One of the things I wanted you to expand upon with this notion of taking care of yourself, what do you like to do for fun? Or how do you keep that balance in your life? I'm assuming you get out to a golf course and do a few things. So what do you do to keep in check with the pressures that entrepreneurship brings? Yeah, and that's a great question. Up until about two years ago now is probably when I really started a lot of that journey of just like self-awareness and how I wanted my days to look and going on that because I got into a pretty big bout with anxiety and panic attacks for a pretty significant amount of time to where one day I just had to be like, this just had to stop and I was taking too much on and I was worrying about too much things and every night I went to sleep, it was just, what do I need to do with this, that and the other? And yeah, about two years ago, I took the time to start really structuring my days and writing down things like, you know, three personal goals I had for each day, three business goals I had each day, a few things of gratitude. And that's how my mornings would start before. And they still start to this day, along with a little bit of meditation as well, about 10, 15 minutes before I do anything. And the reason I do all that is just, well, I want to get clear on my vision for my day and what I want that to look like, but also just know that everything's okay to get through that and where I'm at, just because I was putting so much pressure on myself during that time. So it's taking a little bit of time in the morning to do that. I'll generally go for a walk, make a shake, do something healthy, get to the gym if I get a chance, but a lot of golf too. So (laughs) pretty fortunate. My course is right down the street, three, four days a week. I'll just go play nine in the mornings right before get into the office. I'm up about 4.35 every morning. So by the time I've done that and gotten my morning routine done, I'm usually gotten done more than most people have by you know, nine, 10 o'clock. And that's just for pure structure and, and just making sure I just don't feel overwhelmed. And I am, I'm getting a little bit done every single day. It's a pretty good lifestyle you've managed to construct for yourself there, Nick. Could, could be worse. Kind of, <laughs> could not, that, not that Vancouver is a bad place. It's a beautiful place and I love it here, but it sounds like Gold Coast is pretty darn nice and I have not had a chance to get over there quite yet. On that mental health awareness piece and on the podcast, we do bring this up and I I do try to make a focus of this and we're going to expand upon this even more in the next season and conversations we're having, especially the work that we're doing on our Mod Golf YouTube channel. You talked about just to take care of yourself and to lead with gratitude also and to celebrate those small wins, even with entrepreneurship. A lot of entrepreneurs I knew I fell in this category also up until a year ago where I've extracted myself and made an effort to put in the work to be a little bit kinder to myself and take some pressure off. Whereas you always think there's these other goals, these bigger things that you want to reach. Take the time to celebrate those things that you've accomplished. And it could be the smallest thing, right? But those little milestones that you've reached within your company and have a look back as our heads are down so much in the weeds and bringing everything forward and juggling all these different balls that we have as entrepreneurs. But you know what? Take a moment to take a breath and, and smile and look at the things you've accomplished. And it sounds like you've accomplished quite a few things and you're taking the time. So I'm glad to hear that, that you've made the effort to make uh, self-care an important part of your life. That's really good. 
No, thank you. It's massive. And the one thing that you said there that I really like is those milestones, right? And one thing I always say to myself a lot is it's the minor stones that will build the major stones. So every time you add those little pebbles up, by the end, you look back and you've built a pretty big pile of pebbles. Yeah, that's really, it's a nice analogy, good way to put it. And also for entrepreneurs out there, and you touched on this a little bit, Nick, is this idea of focusing on what you're doing. So even if what you're doing as an entrepreneur is a side hustle right now, and it's not quite to market and you're just dabbling with things, that's okay. And sometimes you can take some time off if you need to kind of pull into the pits and refuel and re-energize. That's fine also. But just be consistent and be focused rather than trying to do so many things. And I know once again, I'm kind of (laughs) telling my own story. I've done that in the past. And some may say I still have one or two balls too many juggling in the air here. But I've made a real effort also to focus on the things that I'm working on. Because otherwise, as you touched on with Matthew McConaughey there, that otherwise you're doing all these things and you're doing a mediocre job with them. I don't believe in the, I call it the myth of multitasking. I think that's just a way of saying you're doing many things at once, not very well. I'm a staunch uh, advocate of unitasking. So I'm a, I like to be an unitasker now, do one thing at a time. I like it. Yeah. All right, Nick, I love this conversation. I could go on for another hour here with you, but we do want to end it so that we can jump on a Zoom call because we are going to have a video interview. It's going to be different questions, different content. So we encourage our listeners to become viewers on our Mod Golf YouTube channel with that conversation we're going to have there. But before I leave you here, Nick, can you tell our Mod Golfers here, our listeners, how they can learn more about Back to Basics Golf? Yeah, you can check us out online at www.back2basics.golf, or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at back2basicsgolf. Good stuff. And as I always do, I will include everything Nick just mentioned there in the show notes, also in Nick's bio page for the podcast episode also. And we'll also have some images there, not only of the ProPath putting mirror, but also hopefully now that I've put this on you now, Nick, you got to supply me with some images so we can see some of those early prototypes because I love that stuff. I'm a bit of a prototype dork, so I, I love that stuff. So I can't wait to see those images there. So, hey, why don't we leave it at that? This has been an inspirational entrepreneurial conversation, Nick, and I do appreciate it. So Nick Steiner, founder at Back to Basics Golf, out of beautiful you're in Queensland I believe on the Gold Coast there which of course I mentioned very jealous of that I have to take a point away from you because apparently you do not surf you only play golf but I guess that's a matter of you focusing on one thing rather than doing too many things so I guess I got to give you some points for that because you're staying true to that even when it comes to golf so hey Nick thanks for the conversation and thanks for being a guest today on the Mod Golf Podcast and thank you and your community too so that'll do it for this episode of the Mod Golf Podcast I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Nick Steiner entrepreneur and founder of Back to Basics Golf. If you'd like to learn more about Nick, visit our episode show page where we've included website links and contact information. Unfortunately, after much searching, Nick was unable to find pictures of the early ProPath putting mirror, design version, and prototypes. The good news is we provided images of the newest version, which is not only for sale on the Back to Basics Golf website, but will also be part of our next Mod Golf giveaway contest. The video link for my extended conversation with Nick is also on the episode show page. And please subscribe to our Mod Golf YouTube channel while you're there. If you leave a comment, I promise to respond. Please join me next time when my guest is Tad Fujikawa, when he'll share his journey and experience as the first openly gay pro golfer. I'd like to take a moment and thank our sponsor partners, Golf Genius Software and British Columbia Golf, for help making the Mod Golf podcast happen. 
Without their support, I wouldn't be able to bring you these engaging stories from golf's brightest innovators and influencers. Our friends at Golf Genius Software have added a new digital scorecard option to the live scoring capabilities of its tournament management platform. So if you're a golf course owner or operator, I suggest you check out www.golfgenius.com to find out how they can help create less work, more fun, and more revenue. If you enjoyed this conversation about entrepreneurship in the golf industry, you can find more compelling episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen in. I'm your host, Colin Weston. Thanks so much for joining me. Bye for now.